Hey everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Church and welcome to another Thursday evening teaching. I'm so excited that you're joining us every week to work through the Bible and to learn more about God. That's, that's what we're here for, to have that relationship with Him. And you know, if you're looking for a new church home, why don't you come and join us at the Refinery? We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 23 T.E. Peters Drive at Broadbeach. We'd love to see you there. We're a friendly church. We preach the Word of God, and they're really the only things you need to look for when you're looking for a new church. And why don't you now join me in the Lord's Prayer? We pray the Lord's Prayer every time we meet, because this is what Jesus taught us to pray, and it covers everything that we need. Not necessarily what we want, but what we need. Jesus said, say this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. You know, every believer needs to know what the Bible says about spiritual things. Spiritual issues, that means we need to read our Bibles. And for the next couple of months, what the Bible says is the theme that we're working through on Thursday evenings. And today's message is titled, What the Bible Says About Vengeance. Because I see too many Christians wanting to get even. So we're going to look at what the Bible says about vengeance. The text we're concentrating on is Matthew 18.22. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. But you can read from whichever version you like. But it's important that you open your Bible up and read it. Verse 22 says, Jesus said to him, I do not say, up to you, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's for each thing, you know. And the scripture that we're going to work through is Matthew 18, 21 and 22. It's the parable of the unforgiving servant. So again, let's read it together. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Now Peter at this stage was thinking seven times is more than enough. And on the eighth time, that was it. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. It's a lot of forgiveness, isn't it? How much have you got in you today? Let's pray for our offering. We pray for our offering every time we meet. We want this offering to be blessed. So if you've got your seed there and you're ready to sow, the details will come across the bottom of the screen. But let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you made us. You chose us, Lord. You redeemed us. And we know that every good and perfect gift comes from your bountiful hands. Have them gifts overflow on us, Lord. Make us good stewards of what you've given us and what you will give us in the future. And by your grace, we've been brought with a price and therefore our whole desire is to glorify you. Receive these gifts from our hands and our hearts this evening and bless them to use them to your glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. It is question. How many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. 
and the Lord's answer, not seven times, but 70 times seven, reflect our struggle with the problem of vengeance, doesn't it? Because of our fallen nature, our instinctive reaction is to fight back, to lash out at those who infringe on our rights. Jesus, of course, had a great deal to say about this in his Sermon on the Mount. I encourage you to go and read the Sermon on the Mount when you get a chance. Radiating from his basic and startling command, love your enemies. Jesus had a lot to say. The kind of attitude was totally unheard of, even among the most religious in Judaism. In fact, the exhortation of the rabbis was love your enemies and hate your neighbours. The Apostle Paul expanded Jesus' theme in Romans 12, 14 to 21. Have a read of it later on. In quick succession, he provided a list of exhortations that deal both directly and indirectly with a Christian's attitude towards vengeance. First, was bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. The Living Bible paraphrases this as if someone mistreats you, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. This is the true spirit of Christianity. On the cross, Jesus prayed for those who were crucifying, crucifying him. In doing so, he demonstrated the proper attitude of a Christian toward his enemies. Pray for them. To, to retaliate against those who mistreat you is to push them further away from God. We will more likely win them to faith in Christ or if they are Christians, to repentance of their wrongdoing if we disarm them with love rather than castigate them with our vengeance. Second thing, rejoice with them. Rejoice with them that rejoice. And weep with those that weep. What is the principle demonstrated in this exhortation? Whenever something good happens to our fellow Christians, we need to share their joy rather than sulk in jealousy. There's too much jealousy within the church. We need to weep with those who weep. We may be inclined to criticize those who suffer, thinking, well, they got what they deserved. If that's what you believe, go back and listen to Tuesday evening's messages for this month from the book of Job you might start thinking differently instead we should feel deeply and meaningfully with them when they're in sorrow we should just be there to weep with those who weep means to enter into their sorrow to emphasize empathize sorry Jesus was a prime example of this principle at the graveside of Lazarus even though he would soon turn the scene of sorrow into joy, he still had empathy. Our third thing is be of the same mind one toward another. Condemned to men of low esteem or low estate. Paul did not mean that we must agree with others in every respect. It's not what he was saying here. Instead, he means that we must make allowances for one another. We are not to sacrifice the harmony and the good spirit of the body of Christ merely to win a point. Christians, stop fighting with each other over doctrine. Don't sacrifice the harmony and the good spirit of the body of Christ just to win a point. This kind of stubbornness is most often the result of pride. 
Often we see this from people who call themselves believers that aren't part of a church, throwing rocks at the church. Condescend in this verse does not mean to patronise or talk down to, as it means in today's modern usage. Rather, it suggests that we are to deliberately seek out the lowly and the meek. And in doing so, we deal with a death, or sorry, we deal a death blow to sinful pride in our lives when we're seeking out the lowly and the meek. We can't have pride. Fourth thing today, in verses 17 to 21, Paul lists four distinct methods by which we can triumph over vengeance. Verse 1 is recompense to no man evil for evil. In other words, never pay evil with evil. Don't do that. Retaliation is part of our unregenerate human nature. But turning the other cheek is divine. Second, provide things honest in the sight of all men. The NIV translates this as be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Christians are up to be above reproach in all dealings with others. Sometimes Christians are the worst people to be dealing with. They're the ones that are trying to rip you off. They're the ones who are trying to get something from you for free. But all our dealings are to be above reproach. Nothing provides more ammunition for unbelievers than their, sorry, in their attacks against the Christian faith than inconsistency or questionable principles in the lives of Christians who they observe. You know, the unbelievers don't read the Bible, they read you. And third, if possible, it is much in you, as much as in you, live peaceably with all men. Paul was a realist. He knew from personal experience that the gospel would be resisted with great violence wherever it was preached in power. Have a look at some of our churches that are full of people and they're clapping and they're all happy. You, know, you need to question sometimes whether the word of God's being preached there because Paul knew that the gospel would be resistant, resisted with power, with great violence, wherever it was preached, with power. Although it is not always possible to live at peace with everyone, we should always strive to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers, peacemakers. And finally, in verses 19 and 21, Paul sets out his fourth principle. Repent of hatred, opposition, and persecution with good. So when there's hatred, when there's opposition, and there's persecution, repay it with good. One of human nature's greatest temptations is to pay back, to get even with the person who has wronged us. We've all been there. This is contrary to what Christ taught his believers, isn't it? As we finish up this evening, we belong to God, so we never need to avenge ourselves. He'll do it for us. He always protects his property. Instead, we are to love our enemies. <coughs> Excuse me. Not just with words, but with our deeds. We are to actively express the Christian attitude of concern and agape love toward them. Nowhere did Jesus promise that the world would be kind to us. We need to understand that. 
Too many of us think the world should just love us, but that's not what was promised. Rather, he said in John 16, 33, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Church, the world hates you. We need to remember that. But in Christ, we have everything we need. Only in his strength can we overcome unchristian attitudes that come forth in acts of vengeance. It's not for us to retaliate. God says he will do that on our behalf because his own children, we are his own children, he owns us and he protects what he owns. Let me encourage you as I do every time we meet to be diligent with your Bible study time because you know God has so much more for us that we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because our God is a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him. And if you allow him, he'll make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. And you're important to God. You know that already. But you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. This year, 2023, we're believing is a year of divine restoration and divine recovery. We're believing that everything that's been taken from the believer will start to be returned. But to get that, to be part of that, we need to be able to say that we trust and obey God my challenge for you this week trust and obey and until next time stay in the blessing